picketing and participation in the, in the front. Some people are afraid of that. And uh, have you ever seen, uh, you know, I, I just saw this today's, uh, can I use you an illustration? Please. Stand there as quietly as you can. You know what this is? It's a Norwegian in the upper room. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, <laughs> now, how many didn't get that? Okay. That's because you're not Norwegian. I preached in Norway during the uh, the uh, 1994 Winter Olympics, and uh, Spirit-filled churches were very reserved. You know, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. So, you know, did, did you feel that? Oh, yeah. That was powerful. Ooh. You know. Can, can you take more? Oh, yeah, I can take more of that. So. But in Kenya, you can feel the Spirit. Why are they jumping through the roof? So I think Linda Gosswater might be Kenyan. <laughs> we had two that were recently baptized. I want Jeannie and Ruby to come and we'll congratulate them on the recent baptism. They're from Lucy's Cell. And actually, uh, Lucy and. Well, um, oh, Jeannie's husband. I. Okay, yeah, just drew a blank real quick. Come on up. And, uh, and Jeannie and uh, Ruby got baptized. Joe is Jeannie's husband. And, and uh, Jim Dennis and uh, Maria Dennis baptized Ruby. And we're so excited about that. And Jeannie got baptized by Lucy. It's very exciting. And they're part of Lucy's cell, and we're so excited about the growth of cell through salvations, water baptisms. I mean, God's done a lot with you. Yes. Exciting. So, congratulations. Thank you. To your family. It's wonderful. You said you're next, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, do you want to say something? Thank you. Amen. God, God bless you. Well, the message is the Holy Spirit today. Um, 
Let's pray. Father God, I pray that this message would speak to each heart, Lord, in this place. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to be real and visible and manifest in this place and on each individual. We give you glory and honor, Lord God, today in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the difficulties in defining the Holy Spirit is found in the name Holy Spirit. Simply because we know that God is holy and God is spirit. So Holy Spirit doesn't really define Him like the term Father would define the Father. And Jesus Christ, His person on earth, would define who Jesus is. Sometimes even people and Christians do refer to the Holy Spirit as it. But it's not, He's not an it. When we see one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, it says the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she conceived and brought forth the Son. We find at the baptism of Jesus, what, was, what happened? The Father's voice came, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus Christ was there in bodily form and then we find the Holy Spirit come upon him and landing on him in the form of a dove. We see the Holy Spirit there as a, as a dove. We find in Acts chapter 2 that when they were in an upper room waiting for the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that had been promised, and they waited for 10 days. Now what were they doing for 10 days? Well, I think they were praying, worshiping, I think they were talking and, and fellowshipping. I think they were waiting on the Lord. I don't, ima- I don't imagine they were saying day three, Hey, Peter, did, did, you, did you get it yet? Well, I don't know. Let's ask John. You know, maybe, John, did you get it yet? Well, uh, maybe... Uh, they didn't know what to expect to get. Jesus just told them in Acts chapter uh, uh, 1 verse 4 and verse 8 to go there and wait until they've been clothed on, with power from on high. Luke twenty four forty four. Jesus said, go away in Jerusalem. So they're in this upper room and there's 120 of them waiting for something to happen. What happened that day? Well, the Holy Spirit came and manifest in a couple ways of that day. There were tongues, uh, there were fire, like cloven tongues of fire, uh, rested upon each head. And you know, it's this, uh, like the flame that comes, the yellow, orange flame, and, and resting on each of them. So it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit as, as fire. Says that in the upper room, a violent rushing wind came through. Holy Spirit is the wind. There's some tremendous things about the combination of wind and fire. There's tremendous power. Even uh, the firefighters, you got different stories about, you know, when you got tremendous fire, you got wind to accompany that, and they feed on each other, and you have things like firestorms and 
the spreading of fire and heat uh, that that's incredible. And it manifests in different ways. But the Holy Spirit came that day in wind and fire and everybody knew that they were filled. You know, I think that uh, when you're filled with the Spirit, you get filled with the, with, with the power of the Spirit, you don't have to make it up in your imagination. Well, was I or did, did this happen? What happened? I, I think it's um, evident. Samuel Chadwick um, from was born in 1832 and, and passed on in 1917 said this, To the church, Pentecost brought light, power, and joy, and there came to each illumination of mind, assurance of heart, intensity of love, fullness of power, exuberance of joy. And no one needed to ask if they received the Holy Spirit. Fire is self evident and so is power East Abbey Jones said this why is it when you speak to the modern church about Pentecost that cold shivers go up and down the spine of cultured people <laughs> well a lot of times uh, Christians are worried about emotionalism emotions but I, I kind of believe that uh, the scripture that God created our emotions and he created our emotions in his image and likeness. You know, God has great emotion. God is love. God has passion for his people. God hates evil. God is angry towards wickedness. God has incredible emotion. And God is placed within, within us emotion, right? Some might want to deny that, but, in, but, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we respond according to the emotions that God's given us. Is that a bad thing? No. I don't think so. But there's a lot of but there's, there is a tendency for it saying, well, because it's an emotional response, it's got to be of the flesh or it can't be of God. Well, it's not necessarily true. I mean, when God touches us, something should happen, unless you're Norwegian. I'm Norwegian. Unless you're Swedish. No. Okay, how many Norwegians here? Okay, unless you're Swedish. <laughs> Emotions are okay. I want to define the Holy Spirit a little further here in talking about His person. We find that we can know Him through His names. 
He is the Spirit of Truth, Comforter, Counselor, Helper. He's Teacher. He's the Guide. He's been given to us as the third person of the Trinity. And as far as the Trinity is concerned, that's going to be my uh, message for next week on the Trinity. So, uh, if you're having some confusion about that, be sure you come next week. We'll either make them worse or make them better. (laughs) He's the inspiration of the Word of God. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is breathe inspiration upon the earth. The word inspired comes from two Greek words, theo, God, pneumatos, breath, the breath of God. In Acts, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when God made man, he inspirited him, breathed into him, and man became alive. When God, when we're born again, we're born again of the, of the Holy Spirit. He breathes in us new life when we become born again. With the Holy Spirit, we have everything that we need. He's the one who empowers Christ and believers. He sovereignly gives gifts to the church and works miraculous things. He also can be grieved. He can be insulted through apostasy. He's the one who sanctifies us and cleanses us and speaks to us about our relationship to the Father and to the Son. He inspires the prophets, brings blessing to the, to the believers. He's a provider of assurance to our salvation. And according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, he testifies of Jesus Christ. He is the source of power to the church. He fills the believer. He speaks to the believer. He convicts us. He leads us. He guides us into all truth. He guides us into prayer. He speaking to us about constantly getting into prayer. He moves us into worship. He desires to fill us all the time. He's the agent of change for our life. The Nicene Creed, one of the early creeds in the church, uh, 325 A.D. says, And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who is with the Father and the Son together, is worshipped and glorified. There's a pattern in the Scripture. Jesus, the Old Testament talks about Elohim representing God the Trinity and and God the Father speaking throughout the Old the Old Testament. And we got Jesus Christ coming in the New Covenant. And then Jesus said, I must return to send the Holy Spirit, who we've had for the last 2,000 years during the church age. He's instructed us how to pray. Jesus 
told us to pray to the Father. Jesus said in John 14, 14, if you ask him anything in his name, he will do it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, only prayer is only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you couldn't get saved. You couldn't be a Christian. You can't walk this Christian life. You can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. How does this person manifest himself on the earth? Well, he is the dove. He is the fire. He is the rain. He is the, the river of God. He is the new wine. He is the oil. He is the wind. These are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We find out what the Holy Spirit's character is like. He's deposited His character in us. And it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We're all familiar with that. But I want to look at it a little differently here. Suggesting to you that the fruit of the Spirit is the character of the Holy Spirit being given to us. Who is this Holy Spirit in character? Well, He is love. He's joy. And He's peace. Aren't you glad He's not wrath, judgment? And I mean, when He's deposited His, His Spirit within us, He's given us the character and nature of the Holy Spirit and starts off with love, joy, peace, patience, old English word long-suffering, which means to suffer for a long time. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit suffers with you for a long time? Puts up with you for a long time? You know, uh, He... He works on people to the day they draw their last breath. Holy Spirit's working on you, working on me. He might have to get a hammer and chisel out and work on your heart and break your heart, but He'll do it. Doesn't give Him pleasure to do that. But what do the prophets say? Break up the fallow ground. Break up the... Hardness of heart. So that the Lord can come in. You know, I I spent four years pastoring in Minnesota. That's why I pick on Norwegians. Because they always picked on me being Swedish. And would say, oh, Erickson, that's a Norwegian with his brains knocked out. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks for that, Pops. <laughs> They love me and I love them. And I pastored there for four years. But in the springtime, they'd want to test the soil and get in there as soon as they could, as soon as there was a little thaw. Because they could not get into the soil as long as it was frozen. I I remember doing this funeral in January, about 27th. The day was 30 below zero with a 20 mile an hour wind, and that's minus a bazillion. 
you know, it's just any exposed skin, you know, you're just, it's kind of done. And we did a graveside. I ran out to the side of the grave, said, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, and just get to our cars. <laughs> and, and people were running out there, running back, and they, w- they didn't put the body into to the grave until they could, you know, get through the ground and bury the body. Some people are so cold to the Holy Spirit that you can't get a plow in. Got to warm it up. And He wants to constantly do that by coming upon you. And is this the Lord and Holy Spirit? Well, if He's igniting faith in you and, and warming your heart towards Him and the Word and, and uh, the combination of the Word and the Spirit... He's going to get to the place where he can break up your hard ground. Now, unfortunately, a lot of spirit-filled Christians who have been close to God for a number of years have let their hearts go into winter. And frankly, can't couldn't tell you how the Holy Spirit feels from, you know, Dodgers winning at Dodger Stadium or something. I mean a good time or what's the difference between feeling good and having the Holy Spirit some people just can't they've gotten so common you know things of Christianity and the Holy Spirit's gotten so common that we don't distinguish him anymore we don't know him we don't know his voice we don't know his touch we don't know his feeling because we've meshed it all together between feeling good and and His reality. Holy Spirit doesn't always feel good, especially when He's trying to correct our lives, or break our heart, or come upon us and and wants us to release the Spirit and maybe maybe get touched in such a way we'll speak in tongues. But some some Christians say, "Well, that will never happen to me," and you know what? You're right. That will never happen to you. And you know, you'll be saved and going to heaven. That's great. That's fine. But you know, I think if it's written in the scripture, stand in your head and and you'll be filled. I would put a neck brace on or something, but I'd I'd be trying to stand on my head. You know, I'd be trying to get whatever the Scripture has for me. You know what I'm saying? It's a silly illustration, but whatever the, the, the source of the Scripture says happened, I want to say, okay, uh, it happened then. I believe it's all relevant and happening today. I think one of the things that this world... Uh, you know, we say, well, how come people aren't raised from the dead? Well, just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not happening. How come people are not healed? Well, they are being healed. How come people are not being delivered and set free? Well, they are. It's happening. All the miracles in the, in the Scripture that you can find in the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation are happening, multiplied 
over the entire earth. You know, the sun's shining right now, and you look out and not a cloud in the sky, and it's beautiful. You say, well, you know, that's the way it is all over the world. No. All over the world, there are 1,500 storms going on every moment of every day. 1,500 storms. Holy Spirit's moving. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit more and more. I'm not satisfied with the level of the Holy Spirit that I have opened up to because I know that I can open up to Him more and He could fill me more and more. I, I see, I see that the church, I feel this too, so we're so powerless. We're so faithless. We're so quick to dismiss rather than to embrace. We're so quick to find other solutions other than prayer. We're too reserved to worship. Um, Patience. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so patient with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so patient with this body. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're not going to leave us to ourselves. And uh, you know, and I've heard also, you know, I've tried that. It's not the way the Holy Spirit works. You know, it's not like. Um, you try Monopoly and you played Monopoly and then now you're on to other things. I mean, the Holy Spirit is a real person with real relationship with us. He is patient, He is kind, He is goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And these characteristics of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, have been imparted to you and imparted to me because His Holy Spirit lives within us. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, He's therefore not a energy or power or force or source. May the force be with you, Luke. You know, He is not that. He is not 220, 440, 210, whatever power. You know, you can put your finger in the socket and feel something. Well, He is not that. He is a person who touches us and relates to us and and speaks to us, and we have his manifestation in various forms, but he is not a force, an inanimate object. Sometimes Christians are confused by that because we talk about the Father, and and phrases like when it says that God said. In Acts 2, it says, God said, I will pour out my spirit. Well, what, God, what is being said there is the Father says that the Holy Spirit is going to be proceeding from Him and being poured out upon the earth. 
not as a thing, but the Holy Spirit's being released upon the earth. Like Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, that the Holy Spirit hovered or brooded over creation. You know, I, I picture, the Hebrew picture is that Holy Spirit upon the earth is like a, 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 a chicken on an egg. You know, ho- brooding and hovering and, and creating. and But the Holy Spirit is, is um, a very personal work, works in our lives, very personally. John Calvin said that the principal work of the Holy Spirit is faith. And he says, and the principal exercise of faith is prayer. One of the tests, I think, that how much we need of the Holy Spirit is how much we desire to converse and be with God. How much we desire to, to read His Word and how much revelation do we get out of it. Do we read it as a, as, you know, just, well, I read my three chapters today. If I keep this up, I'll read it in a year. And then I can tell Pastor Mike and he'll be real proud of me. What did you? What did the Spirit say to you out of the Word? You know, it's not enough for us to read the Word. We got to let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to us from His Word. I love the old phrase that it's not enough for, for me to examine the Word. I must let the Word examine me. A lot of times in our reading, we're impatient. We read our chapters. We read. I say, oh, I never got anything out of Leviticus. Oh. You know, I've read that 30 times because I've been a Christian 30 years. I've never got anything out of Leviticus. Well, here's a little tidbit. The priests were commanded to arrange the wood on the fire every morning and not to let it go out. How's that speak to you? Speaks to me just fine. I'm to be with the Lord every morning and arrange the wood on the fire and let it burn so that the fire in my life will not go out. The whole book of Leviticus can speak to you. God's word can speak to you at any level, every level, that you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Prayer leads to the fullness of the Spirit. The fullness of the Spirit leads to the power of the Spirit. Give an illustration that we know that the book of Acts calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ. And when Jesus came to be baptized, the Spirit landed on him in the form of a dove. It says at that point, Luke 4, 1, that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Why would it tell us that? We already knew that. He was the Christos, the anointed, had the Spirit without measure, John says. But then Luke says he was full of the Spirit at that moment. I believe it's to, to illustrate the next point. From Luke 4, verse 1 through verse 13, you have the temptation of Christ. 
trials, temptation. And you look at the temptation of Adam and Eve and how bad did they have it? I mean, you had the finest garden in the world ever. Never before, never since. You have the best fruit, you have the best vegetables, you have the best of everything. You have the best temperature. You have the best sunrise, sunset. What are you going to do today, Adam? Well, I think I'm just going to fellowship with God. I mean, everything's perfect, right? So Adam blows it under the best circumstances possible. Perfect, sir. And that's you and me. We blow it under the most perfect circumstances possible. You don't even have to go out, get out of bed before you start blowing things. <laughs> but Jesus, on the other hand, went to the temptation in the wilderness and overcome, overcame under the worst circumstances possible. In the Judean desert, where the Qumran caves in that area can get to temperatures exceeding 120. You know, fasting 40 days under 120 heat is not a good idea, probably for a normal human being. But Jesus did that. Tempted of the devil under the worst circumstances. And he overcame him. How did Jesus do that? He's full of the Spirit. I think he's leaving that to, as a word to us, being full of the Spirit. And how did he return in verse 14 of Luke chapter 4? He returned in the power of the Spirit. I think there's a difference between fullness and power. But if you want power, your fullness will be tried. Is it soup yet? Do you really love God? Do you really... Why is your faith always on the line when there's a trial? Why is prayer always on the line? Why do you always question if you're saved or not? Well, you need to come from fullness to power. I believe it's possible for every Christian to have the Holy Spirit in such a way that you don't need to question if you're saved or not. You don't need to question if God loves you or not. You don't even need to question His existence, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's just, you know it like you know how to put on your shoes in the morning. The power of the Spirit, we need power of the Spirit to live powerful lives in these last days. Revelation 11 and 12 says that the devil knows that his time is short and is going to come down in great wrath upon the earth. Which 1 Timothy tells us that in the last day there will be a great falling away. And the heat will be turned up and many Christians will get out of the kitchen. Jesus said this, when I come back, will I find faith in the earth? Will he find you? You? Will he find you still being a believer? Will he find you still 
trusting Him, praying. Scripture says, and I'm quoting, and the Scripture says there's a great falling away, and there's a good chance that a lot of us, not us, not me, a lot of you, will not be believers. You say, if you want to say not you, go ahead and say it. Not me. Not me. Okay. You have to determine that by your relationship with God now. Power the Spirit to live live powerful lives. Exercise the gifts of the Spirit. Release the powerful manifestations of the Spirit. Be able to believe God for healings, miracles, and transformation personally. You know, um, there's different compliments that pastors can receive. You know, one of the lowest ones is, Pastor, that was a nice talk. Well, okay. <laughs> and graduate a little bit. Pastor, that was a nice teaching. Well, yeah, okay. Pastor, that was a good sermon. Well, good, good sermon. Thing. Pastor, that changed my life. The Holy Spirit changed my life today. For me, transformation is what the preaching of the Word is all about. You know, it's not... Every Christian knows. You know these things. I'm not after your head. I'm after your heart because your head's full. You realize that everyone in this room is probably more qualified than a lot of Kenyan pastors that I have (coughs) pastoring in Kenya. But you're blessed in America. You have Bibles. You're literate. You have some knowledge. You have a good uh, preaching team here. You got a lot of things going. We got a room full of pastors here that are more qualified than some of my pastors in Kenya. What are you doing? What are you doing with the Holy Spirit that's within you? How are you releasing the Spirit within you to serve one another, to bless one another, to encourage one another, to minister to one another, to cell groups, to Bible studies, whatever? You know? You might get to heaven and find these words that Jesus said, You know, you're more. You, I gave you more than I gave most of the Kenyan pastors that. Your church supported. What'd you do? What'd you do? Well, I think the Holy Spirit is is going to ask you that. How much can? How much do you need to receive? How much you need to give? How full you are to believe and to pray? You need to believe the Holy Spirit to increase your faith. Believe the Holy Spirit to cause you to stand strong in the Christian faith. Believe the Holy Spirit to increase your power. Spiritual warfare for victory. Take you from a weak position to a strong position as a Christian. To overcome sin. Overcome lukewarmness. Overcome blindness. You know, the Laodicean church was the church 
that Christ had nothing good to say in the last parts of Revelation chapter 3. They said, you know what we see? We're wealthy. Uh, Everything's good. We're blessed. But he says, don't you realize that you're blind, pitiful, poor, naked? It's nothing worse than, than thinking that you're all right when you're not. You know, it's something like, you, you know, you got something on your face. So, and you walk around, and people smile, and, and only your friends will tell you, you know what, you got a, you got a goober on your face or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, friends will tell you that. But everybody else will smile, oh, that's, that's good to see you. <laughs> But you know, you think you're doing good, everything looks good, but everybody knows that there's something wrong except for you, and how pitiful is that? And we say as Christians, well, I'm filled, and I see well, and, and everything's great, and I'm spiritual, and I'm this and that, but your life says you're blind, pitiful, poor, naked. Isn't it better to say, I'm blind, pitiful, poor, and naked? Because then you're a candidate for clothing, for provision, for healing, for opening up your eyes. Let's not be like the foolish virgins. In Matthew chapter 10, chapter 25, verse 1 through 10, that area. There are ten virgins. Good thing, they're all virgins. All equal. Five, however, were wise because they had got reserves of oil. What's the oil? Holy Spirit. And five had let their oil supply go dry. And when the shofar blasts and the bridegroom was said he's coming the five that were wise took their oil and met the one of the bridegroom the five that were foolish missed an opportunity I want us to stand now what we're going to do here Everybody stand. Is if you want a touch of the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, any type of touch of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come. Otherwise, you're dismissed. And if you are dismissed, please don't disrupt this part by talking in here. You might talk out there. But if you want more of the Holy Spirit, come here. Otherwise, you're dismissed.
Ask Him. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Come on. Make room for one another. Open up your eyes for a few minutes and make room for one another. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, break my heart. <coughs> Plow out my heart, Holy Spirit. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask for that dove to light upon you. Ask for that wind to blow upon you. That fire to come upon you. The fire of His presence. The Shekinah glory of His presence. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Shekinah presence. The power of God. The wind and the fire of the presence of God. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Fill your people. Holy, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, fill him with the Spirit, God. Fill him full of your Spirit, Lord God. Go in. Come in. Come in. Take me into the holy of holies. Fire, Lord God. Fire. Fire of your presence. Fire of your power. Fire of your love. Oh God, the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit which has been departed into her, Lord. That you would, God, that you would be these things to her, Lord. Love, joy, peace. Oh, God, touch her. Fill her today, Lord Jesus. Fill her today, Jesus. Oh, God, release a broken heart, Lord God. Release a broken heart, Lord. Oh, God. And heal, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Heal in Jesus' name. Jesus said, Thank you, Lord Jesus.
if he if he gets any more, I think she's okay, bro. Okay, right now, but okay. if he gets any more, okay. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, God, fill it, Lord, for the reality of your Spirit, God, the reality of the Holy Spirit and power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Spirit, come, oh God. Oh, 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 God